The Graphic Histories Podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I am your host, as always. Thank you very much for joining me, and big thanks to Ookla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. So, are you ready for Christmas yet? (laughs) I don't know why. I get some perverse pleasure from asking that to people right now, because they always just roll their eyes. They're either super gung-ho, they're like, yeah, totally, I got everything bought already. Or they're like, roll their eyes, and like, what are you talking about? I just gotta go to the city, I gotta buy this, I gotta buy that. All these different things, um, but I always kind of get a fun reaction. So it's one of my favorite questions to ask way too early, uh, right around now. <laughs> uh, but th- that being said, in I often do have my Christmas shopping done by like the end of November, and I'm mostly done now, just because you know I like to pick out things I know people are gonna like and get them before it gets too crazy on the Christmas holiday. I do love Christmas; it is a favorite time of the year for me. But I really enjoy just walking around and watching, you know, the hustle bustle of it all. Without really having to engage in it, you know, just uh, just to watch it as an outsider and not be part of it. So how are you, dear listener? I hope you were having a wonderful week. My wife and I decided to go in on the 23andMe thing, uh, and my results came back today, or not today, rather, a few days ago, which is pretty interesting. Uh, my name is Andre Julian Mayette, and my mother's maiden name was Ehler, so I assumed it was mostly German and French in there. However, I was surprised to find it is predominantly English and Irish, which I didn't really realize I had that much Irish in my uh, in my DNA, but apparently there's quite a bit. Uh, it's like almost 70% Irish and English, like 9% German and French, or maybe it's like 11% German and French, and there's like 7% like Italian, uh, Sardinian, which is kind of an island off, off the coast of Italy, which I guess it's rare to have Sardinian in your DNA because they didn't I uh, traveled too far from their island. They were sort of holed up there, which is interesting. A little bit of Native American, like point zero seven, nothing, nothing to call home about. Um, and uh, Portuguese, I believe, as well, which is something I didn't expect either. So it was kind of neat. Uh, kind of cool to see where you come from and make sure your genetics are okay. I don't have any of the markers in my genetics for any of those uh, genetic-based diseases, like Alzheimer's or any of those, which is nice to see. Perhaps I'll get to enjoy my golden years. Um, oh, well, I mean, I'm going to live forever, but aside from that, if uh, I'll, I'll do it with a clear head, thank thank God, and uh, yeah, aside from an aversion, like a 20% chance of type 2 diabetes, but I, I live a pretty healthy lifestyle, so I think I'll be able to avoid that, my mother has it, so it is in the, in the, uh, in the genetics, uh, I was kind of worried because my grandfather and mom's side died of heart disease, heart failure, and my father's father died when he was very young of leukemia. So those are two things I've always been kind of afraid of that are in my family history. However, it looks like neither of those things have uh, have crept into my DNA. So I had to be thankful about that. But it's pretty interesting. If you've ever done one of those, um, I would suggest it. It's cool to see, you know, the parts of the world you're from. 
Uh, and you might be pleasantly surprised. I know I was. So, today's episode is centering on the Hobgoblin. Mainly Roderick Kingsley, while touching into some of the other people that have worn the mantle over the years. Uh, I'm a big, big Spider-Man fan. I haven't done a lot of Spider-Man characters on this, mostly because... I uh, I have such a reverence for the character and for the villains that I always want to do them right. But the Hobgoblin is one I really enjoyed. Ned Leeds was one of the alter egos of the Hobgoblin, and he is a, a central figure in the new Spider-Man films. Whether they go the route of making him into a villain, I, I, I doubt it. But if they do, that'll be something that would be interesting. And uh, you will know the history of his namesake. Uh, or one of his namesakes, since the Hobgoblin has worn many mantles, but the initi- initiator being Roderick Kingsley, which we will delve into now why not now let's do it now so <laughs> without further ado here is episode number 30 rotter kingsley the hobgoblin Roderick kingsley was a fashion designer operating in new york city He used questionable and ruthless business practices. Roderick developed a financial empire reaching far beyond the fashion industry. Victim to one of Kingsley's machinations, rival designer Narda Ravana, under the guise of Belladonna, attacked him, but was stopped by Spider-Man. Kingsley acquired the Green Goblin's original suit and equipment from a bank robber being chased by Spider-Man named George Hill. Hill had discovered one of the many hideouts Norman Osborn employed while in the sewers. Kingsley made Hill load a van with the equipment and transfer it from the hideout to another location, then disposed of him, detonating a bomb hidden inside the van. As the hobgoblin, Roderick went on a blackmail binge meant to cripple his major competitors. Feeling deficient and lacking the physical power to protect himself, Roderick sought out Norman Osborne's original Green Goblin formula. However, he needed a guinea pig before he could test the formula on himself and found one in petty crook Arnold Lefty Donovan. Monitoring Donovan's progress in the fight against Spider-Man, a satisfied Kingsley had his test subject terminated. Modifying the formula to avoid the insanity-inducing side effects, Kingsley found that it gave him strength roughly equal to that of Spider-Man's, perhaps surpassing that of the Green Goblin. He battled Spider-Man again and the Black Cat. After a fight with the web-slinger, left everyone assuming he had drowned, Roderick decided the direct criminal approach wasn't for him brainwashing news reporter Ned Leeds into thinking he was the Hobgoblin. Kingsley then orchestrated Leeds into helping Richard Fisk become the Rose, aiding the upstart mobster during the gang wars that almost destroyed New York City. Bored with being a behind-the-scenes mastermind and finding Leeds increasingly uncontrollable, Kingsley outed his puppet's identity, placing the reporter in instant jeopardy. After Leeds was murdered during an overseas newspaper assignment, Roderick's twin brother Daniel was shot by agents of the Rose under the impression he was Roderick. Roderick saved his brother's life, and later he renounced his American citizenship to become a citizen of Belize instead. At first amused that the Hobgoblin identity was assumed by rogue mercenary Jason Mackendale, Kingsley became annoyed when Mackendale brought about unwanted publicity in pronouncing Leeds as the original Hobgoblin. With the public generally believing that only one person had ever worn the disguise, the resulting scrutiny now threatened to uncover the the Kingsley's unsavory business practices. Returning to New York, Roderick murdered Massendale in his prison cell, reclaiming the Hobgoblin identity. However, determined sleuthing by Ned Leeds' widow Betty Brandt uncovered his trail, discovering the villain's secret pedigree with Spider-Man's help, ultimately leading to Kingsley's defeat 
and imprisonment. Upon Norman Osborne's return, Kingsley leaked word of having proof that Norman was the original Green Goblin, claiming possession of one of Osborne's own journals. In actuality, it was a ruse manipulating Osborne into removing him from jail. The two clashed shortly thereafter. Although resulting in a stalemate, they both benefited from the encounter, with Osborne taking over Kingsley's corporation, while Kingsley escaped to the Caribbean, retaining secret accounts that Norman wasn't aware of. Resurfacing sometime later, Daniel impersonated Roderick, working with the Hand. Going to an old goblin lair at Oscorp, Daniel discovered Osborne had been working on updating the villainous arsenal. New body armor, a winged jetpack instead of the traditional goblin glider, and a flaming energy sword. Daniel also discovered Phil Urich trying to retrieve some of the hardware, eager to impress Nora Winters at the Daily Bugle. Urich, a former Green Goblin himself, but a hero version of the character, used his lunatic laugh to stun Daniel long enough to decapitate him using the energy sword, claiming the mantle of the Hobgoblin and falling into full villainy. During this time, Rotter continued his activities around Latin America as the Devil Spider. Finally receiving word about his brother's death and the rise of a new Hobgoblin, Kingsley returned to New York. After researching Yurik by breaking into his apartment, Kingsley learned about Yurik and Nora's relationship and planned on using that against him. Once again, donning the costume of the Hobgoblin, Kingsley attacked Yurik and the Kingpin in Shadowland. After a brief battle between the two Hobgoblins, Peter Parker and Max Modell, who were held captive by the Kingpin, escaped with the Goblin Key, a key to one of Norman Osborn's Goblin warehouses. Then Kingsley and Yurik decided to call a brief truce and go after them. After assessing the warehouse, Peter utilizes the goblin tech to make himself a spider glider against both the hobgoblins and manages to escape. Yurik insists on going after him, but Kingsley declines and stuns Yurik with a taser so they could both escape. After they got away, Kingsley decides to let Yurik remain the hobgoblin, but only if he gives Kingsley a cut of whatever profits he makes. Later in Paris, Kingsley tells his servant that he is ready to expand his supervillain franchise business into Russia, consisting on selling the identities and equipment of retired or deceased minor villains, in exchange for a part of his client's profits. The first identity that he stole and sold off was that of Mysterio, who had been left behind on Earth-1610. The new Mysterio, who accidentally referred to himself as Mysterion, faced the Superior Spider-Man during his first bank robbery, the Superior Spider-Man being Dr. Otto Octavius in a cloned Peter Parker body. The new Mysterio fled the enraged superior Spider-Man as well as Spider-Man to go save Mysterion from the Punisher, and by the time Octavius returned, Kingsley had escaped. Kingsley was also keeping tabs on Yurik, making sure that he made his payments on time. When Phil said he was a little short on cash, Rodder told him to go rob some banks. Phil had to rob quite a few of them to gain what he owed his boss, and all of the activity drew the attention of Spider-Man. This caused Yurik to be captured by the Web Slinger, then broken out of police custody by Menace and turned over to the Green Goblin. It was found that Kingsley sold the identity of the Crime Master to a new thug, who ended up defeated by Agent Venom in Spider-Man. He also sold the identity and costume of the Grizzly to a new criminal, who called himself the Bruin. The Bruin was fooled into giving Kingsley's cut of a robbery to the Goblin King, who was dressed as the Hobgoblin. Roderick was not happy about this, enraged that so many of his franchise had been captured so soon. Soon after Bruin, Devil Spider, and Blaze were also out of commission, Kingsley called upon Steeplejack, Tumblr, and Ringer to make extra cash while Spider-Man, who was under the influence of the Venom symbiote, was busy battling the Avengers. These three were quickly beaten by Menace and the new villain allied with the Goblin King, Monster. Steeplejack was apparently killed by the Goblin Knight, who was Phil Yurik, who sent a message to his former boss via a camera feed on Steeplejack's costume. 
Kingsley contacted Yurik, who gave the message to the Goblin King, and soon the two criminals were agreeing to fight it out. Both them and their crime armies battled in a full-scale assault until the Goblin King called a timeout, seeing how pointless and costly it is to wage war on each other when they can combine their armies into one to take down Spider-Man. Goblin King proposes that the two fight to the death, with the winner taking the other men under his control. However, Kingsley had made his servant Claude his new mind-controlled replacement and sent him to battle Osborne instead. During the battle, both goblins taunted each other with the Green Goblin losing his guard after the mention of Harry Osborne. The Goblin King recalls that he was endured betrayal and even death and had still managed to stand up, revealing a large scar in his chest, making the Hobgoblin realize that he is indeed battling the original Norman Osborne. Claude was killed, and the Goblin King gained the loyalty of Hobgoblin's franchises. Goblin Knight checks Claude's body, discovering the truth. Kingsley, having escaped to Paris, decides to lay low once again, working on his personal empire and raising a toast to the Goblin King's victory. When the Red Onslaught was unleashed in Genosha and, you, and it used Sentinels designed specifically to fight heroes, to defeat those who tried to oppose him, Magneto recruited numerous villains to confront him. When Magneto arrived to recruit him, Kingsley attacked him and was subjugated and forced to join Magneto's team. After the villains arrived to help the heroes, the Scarlet Witch and Doctor Doom cast a spell to invert the axis of the Red Onslaught's brain and defeat him. However, the inversion spell affected not only the Skull, but all those present in Genosha, making the superheroes present evil and supervillains good. Following his inversion, Kingsley returned to New York and found himself happier with his new outlook. Although still motivated by greed rather than altruism, he reactivated his franchises, this time leasing the personas and costumes of deceased or retired superheroes to ordinary people, but remained a wanted criminal. He also franchised his hobgoblin persona to various people to perform heroic deeds as the hobgoblin, and published a comic about them for promotion. He set a three-phase program, including a book and various articles with his brand and underground speeches named after Ned Leeds for people to make their own franchises in exchange for a share of their profits. During this time, an amnesiac Lily Hollister, who was part of the Goblin Nation, took this program and Kingsley made her a Queen Cat identity. After Yurik, who had become the new Goblin King and led the remnants of the Goblin Nation and had been taking kids hostage, Kingsley personally intended to rescue them as the Hobgoblin. As they battled, one of his franchises, Missile Mate, saved the children. Yurik demanded 60% of his profits for not revealing that it wasn't him whom Osborne killed, but he told him to see him in his office if he wanted to talk business before fleeing. After Yurik arrived, he eventually attacked him, but Kingsley revealed Queen Cat to him. Phil told her that Kingsley would use her like the villains he abandoned as he battled the Hob heroes and escaped, leaving the message, Find me, Lily. But he insisted Yurik was playing mind games. When the celebration of a Hobgoblin Day was being held with a parade in Kingsley's honor, Missile Mate betrayed Hobgoblin and attempted to murder him in the name of the Goblin King. Roderick was already expecting the betrayal and had been using a hologram decoy which took Missile Mate's blow. As soon as Kingsley confronted Missile Mate, the Goblin King appeared with his Goblin Nation and attacked the celebration. Hobgoblin bested Yurik in combat and left him for the authorities. After excusing himself from the authorities, Hobgoblin was approached by Steve Rogers to become part of a new team of Avengers, with the objectives to stop the inverted X-Men from detonating a gene bomb, which would have killed everyone on the Earth who wasn't a mutant. When a re-inversion spell was cast, Hobgoblin became evil once again. Following his return to his villainous ways, Kingsley reassumed control over his former franchises where he gathered Beetle, Blizzard, Bruin, Hitman, Ringer, Unicorn, Cutthroat, Diamondback, Mockingbird, and Viper, and apparently the original Porcupine. Feeling betrayed by the fact that 
Gawking had gone straight and was now working with Spider-Woman. Hobgoblin had his men beat up and stripped the former villain before apparently killing Porcupine with a pumpkin bomb. Kingsley tracked down Spider-Woman after she began an all-out attack on his franchises in retaliation. He's able to surprise her in Gawking, who secretly had survived the explosion and was in hiding, in a moment of intimacy, catching them completely off guard. Kingsley proceeded to kidnap Porcupine in a plan to lure Spider-Woman into a trap set by his minions. Once Jessica had sprung the trap, an all-out melee ensued in which the heroes momentarily gained the upper hand by knocking Hobgoblin off his glider. Recovering himself, however, Kingsley prepared to finish off the outclassed and outmaneuvered heroes with a flaming sword, when he was surprised by a concussion blast from the unexpected arrival of Captain Marvel, who then proceeded to make quick work of his franchises. As his body was not among the unconscious at the end of the fight, however, it can be assumed that Kingsley once again abandoned his minions to make good on his own escape. Now, when Aaron Davis returned as the Iron Spider and formed the new Sinister Six, with Hobgoblin, Bombshell, Electro, Sandman, and The Spot, they tried to take a shield helicarrier and sell it. Kingsley attempted to go his own way and made a deal with one of the helicarrier's guards to sell out the rest of the team after being caught doing recon. The Sinister Six carried out the heist during a small window of time. The helicarrier was unguarded. However, the Red Hulk returned, since he had been tipped off, but was accidentally stopped by Spider-Man. Then, Sandman knocked out Kingsley for selling out the rest of the team. Kingsley was thrown out of the helicarrier while still unconscious. Kingsley then resurfaced months later following the destruction and restoration of the Ravencroft Institute. Norman Osborn had become the consultant at the facility and appointed Kingsley as one of the heads of staff, despite the history between the two, along with some of Osborn's previous associates, namely Taskmaster, Scorpion, and Moonstone. In this new role, it is unclear what the future holds for Rodder Kingsley, but one thing is certain, it'll be devious and it will be well planned. And there it is, the history of Roderick Kingsley, the Hobgoblin, touching in on several of the other people who have held the name Hobgoblin, including the Ned Leeds, as I mentioned earlier. Next week will be return of the featured interview section of this podcast, one of my favorites, and I'm very excited to speak with Tony White, who is an editor on many different comics done locally here, right here in Canada, and has a lot of interesting insight on some of the uh, the things that we've done, and worked with some other very cool celebrities that have been involved in the comic world, such as Jay Baruchel, you know, well-known Canadian actor, and someone I'm a big fan of. So I'm excited to talk to Tony next week. I met Tony on the con circuit, as he's working on some Captain Canuck comics. He's an editor, I believe, for that book. And uh, he would have long discussions about some of the fun parts of that character and the history of Canadian comics. He's a very interesting conversation. He's a family man with a, uh, a definitely a, a firm hold on the comic industry, and I'm very excited to talk to him. So next week I'll be talking with Tony White, and I hope you enjoy it. But in the meantime, stay safe out there, true believers, and stay listening to the Graphic Histories Podcast. Thank you once again, and I will see you next week. <laughs>